Hey, what's going on, you motherfuckers? I make it a point to say motherfucker every episode. It's probably one of my favorite words. So, um, you're going to get it every time, whether you like it or not. Tonight, uh, we're kind of going to jump in. I'm doing a little bit of an intro here, just so it's not a total shake. Um, I got to speak with... A guy that's kind of in the circle of people on Twitter, my my Twitter family, if you will, but uh, we've never actually crossed paths, so it was kind of cool over the weekend. Um, I needed somebody to kind of sit in with me, and so I got a hold of Jay Sandlin, uh, author, historian, pretty cool dude. Now, I understand that he told me the next day that he'd been drinking a little for this interview, and I had a couple myself. So, I hope that we don't lose any of you motherfuckers along the way. Just know that uh, we're going to talk about Jay's book. It is called... See, you got me off guard here. God damn it. I should be able to just fucking say this right offhand, but I'm not prepared. I'm never prepared, motherfucker. Okay. Jay's book is called Outbreak Mutiny. It's alternate history with superheroes. So basically, you know, he recounts historical situations, although I believe he said that he does change them a little, and then throws in superheroes, people that have superpowers and you know, discover their power along the way. So it's it's supposed to be pretty cool. I don't do a lot of reading. I might check this out. I know that uh, the online download is pretty cheap. So maybe I'll crack down and spend a, a dollar or two just to help out the boy Jay Sandlin. But y'all hit him up on Twitter. Uh, that's at Jay Sandlin Writer. And, uh, you know, I don't think we... I'm trying to... Ah, there was one other thing. The movie Get Out. If you have not seen this movie, there is a huge spoiler in the middle of this show. (laughs) So, if you do not care to have the entire plot of that fucking movie uh, told, then as soon as it comes up in conversation, you might go ahead and just uh, skip forward away. But, uh, that should be it. We're going to get into it now. And uh, y'all take it easy. Po Boys Podcast. They call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of grease in my hand. Welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Jody B. And this evening, I had a short notice, just a drop-in conversation with a friend of a friend of a friend, one Mr. Jay Sandlin. Jay, are you there? Hey, good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm glad... uh, you were able to stop by and see me, man. I uh, I hope you can appreciate my tactic. I like to just call people short notice, kind of like punked, and then I just totally fucking catch you off guard. So whatever we talk about is completely organic. You didn't. I'm here, shit. you know. I'm here. Let's make something happen for sure. That's right. So yeah. We by were... the way, you're not the one that prank called me last night, are you? Oh, uh, I don't. I've got to... an ongoing mystery about someone that prank called me. Um. I'm an author and historian, in case you didn't know. Right. And I, I get a call on my cell phone last night. It's from a blocked number. So do you answer blocked number calls, Jay? Typically, yes. I mean, why not? Because you never know what's going to be there. So <laughs> I answer it, and it's someone that says, hey, I need to talk about a refund. I've been using the pages of your book to wipe my ass. Oh. And we, we start talking for like the next 20 or 30 minutes, and they're, they're fairly polite. I know it's somebody from the podcast circle. 
I can't tell who. Hmm. So it's well, an I... ongoing mystery. They claimed they were Dwight. Oh, shit. Well, see, you're in a big circle Dwight, now. Feel I... yourself. <laughs> Dwight. I don't know a Dwight, so I'm pretty good with voices if I heard if the voice. that's your real name. <laughs> Sir, show yourself. The regional manager, most likely. It's probably somebody you wrote a shitty uh, signature to in one of your books. Somebody I asked for an autograph. I, I only have great signatures in my books. <laughs> <laughs> Just a shitty sandoff. You spelled their yeah. name wrong. So do you know anything about my book? Have you looked into that yet? It's called Outbreak Mutiny. It's alternate history with superheroes. Here's the Available thing. Available now on Amazon. I've heard about your book. I've not read it. I've seen some of the cover art and the different things. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. this. I don't read comic books at all. Well, it's not a comic book. Well, no, but I I get that. And so what I'm saying is your book seems like something that I might actually check out because I do enjoy history. Now, I'm not a comic book person at in the slightest. So I can appreciate the fact that you uh, are at least making an effort and you could possibly even attract people like me who really don't do comic books at all. Well, I hope so. Um, I have a wonderful sister. Shout out, Anna Sarah. She doesn't like comics or history, but she loved the book. And I've had a lot of reviews that generally say that you don't have to be a fan of history or superheroes to enjoy it. So, is it kind of like with what they do now with drunk history? Is it you just literally take... Um, and I'm not. I'm not saying I need you need to be on that show. Yeah, I really oh, do. sorry I about do that. Do it tonight, actually. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's awesome. No, no I, I dig history. Man. Alternate history. Uh, I start with December 31st, 1929, and in my reality, it's the world of the outbreak. You know how in the early 20th century we had the baby boomers, right? Right. All right. I have the outbreak baby boomers. That is when a certain percentage of the population demonstrated superpowers. So instead of the baby boomers, you had the outbreak baby boomers. Okay. And the outbreak babies are individuals with superpowers. You are born and you might be a humdrum, which is meaning you're in the majority and you have no superpowers. Or you're a latent, which means you have superpowers, but they haven't manifested yet. Okay. And for them to manifest, you have to basically nearly die. Oh, no. So it's not like a puberty thing. Like, you actually have to, to not have at a... All. Not okay. at all. They don't come just naturally. You have to, like, you know, fall off a cliff, get in a plane crash, get stabbed in the eyeball. Hint, hint. Oh. Uh, get issue zero <laughs> with one of my characters. Uh, that's what brings on your superpowers. It's Trump. Because he... Okay, so you were saying it's people... Um you know, have traumatic experiences that activate their powers and then they become right. superhuman. Is there Great anything that shows before then? Do you have any kind of inquiry that it's going to happen? Or just Not one at day? all. You have no idea. And that's why the, uh, the powers of the world, in this case, the world powers, there's an organization called the Reich that rises from the ashes of Germany after the Great War, which we call one. They didn't have World War II in my timeline, so it's just still called the Great War. The okay. right is utilizing the superpowers of the outbreak babies for their machine, just like the Nazis would have. Gnarly. So it's like it's literally like a second coming of a Nazi wave. Right. Well, they're basically the Nazis. They use the ideology of eugenics and social Darwinism. They believe that only the strongest shall survive. They have a class of mad scientists called the Shapers, and the Shapers are trying to make the outbreak babies more powerful for the right war machine. Oh, shit. So they're in there doing the genetic testing like the, the exactly. Ivan Drago, Rocky Fire 4. Oh, now you get into the old war. Just, that's ooh. way later timeline. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get there. This is an <laughs> well, that's Russia. Scene. You're talking about Germany, so I guess it's it's a different piece of the machine. So. Well, um, Russia's important because in the very first issue, it takes place in Boston, and they mention that Russia, America, and Hawaii are attacked simultaneously in a an attack called Operation Triple Reich, where they basically take out the Allies. That's the end of the outbreak war, and the United States falls. 
I kill off the United States like a red shirt in Star Trek, basically. Oh, shit. So, oh, man. So, America, it, it falls to the right, so it becomes overrun by these... It does. The whole Northeast is overrun by the right. It becomes new, like mania, which is their empire in Germany. Yeah. Um, the middle states are all that remain. They are quarantined by the Articles of Isolation, and they're called the Remnant States. It's Michigan, Iowa, Minnesota, Arkansas, Louisiana, or Miami, as you learned in school. Okay, well, that's what I was fixing to say, because you're in Alabama, correct? I am. My so... home state of Alabama <laughs> seceded to the right. No, I was going to say, how are you going to tell me that these southern states are going to fall to this? I they, have a hard joined. time believing it. <laughs> they joined up, and they built a big wall around themselves. I guess I, well, I'm in Arkansas, so I guess I fall in the other state. You are in the remnant states, yes. Now, if you go to thenovelcomics.com, you will see this map of that gv art find him on Twitter, made it for me based on my instructions. Uh, it's the new layout of the world. Uh, the story jumps 10 years after issue zero. And we go to 1939, where you find the citizens of the remnant living, and it's a very hard life. They have very little. Right. So, they just live, like, in the hills? Is that kind of like Hunger no, Games style is that where they're just kind of cut off from civilization and they do their own thing so it's they're, they're trying to survive they're trying to maintain society uh, the capital is Des Moines because that's kind of centrally located there in Iowa right and you uh, you have the Midnight States capital where you meet some of my heroes um, also we have stories taking place on board slave ship because slavery is a major thing Right. Because the idea is that if superpowers were real, you would have world leaders trying to enslave those who possess them. In this case, the Outbreak Babies. No, definitely. I mean, that's kind of the theme in most of the, um, I think, the X-Men movies or anything else. It's There would there would definitely be oppressors. They wouldn't let people walk around with superpowers, man. <laughs> exactly. In my uh, reality, a lot of the people with superpowers are actually rounded up and put in concentration camps. That's crazy, man. That's, I've had uh, a near-death experience. I got shot in the head. That's, if I was in your book, maybe I would have had the powers, but... Yeah, what superpower would you want? If I had to pick one, ooh. Damn, let's see. I know. Fighter powers, ice powers. This is. So I really, I really dig, like, and I guess it would be to say, like, the force would be pretty pretty wide but i mean like I, i'm into telekinesis i think that would be pretty cool telekinesis is a very versatile power right um, i'm actually writing a review right now for the gww.com on vader issue one uh which just came out in the last week on wednesday would you uh, not abuse know. a power like that jay like oh, if of you course. i mean, I mean you know, you pull up a woman's skirt you can you can make a um, sandwich you could you could literally do anything you wanted without having a bra. It's it's that simple. You could rough up people if you wanted to. Some dude. I don't at know work. if you ever watched Heroes season one, but when Peter Petrelli developed telekinesis, he just used it all the time. That was it. Just trying to round up chicks. <laughs> round up chicks. Yeah, That's he it. got hate in a tear actually. Me and my really? wife have a standing argument about what would be better uh, to have the force, as in the telekinetic powers, or a magic wand. I mean, a magic wand's kind of vague. What can you do with said wand? We're talking standard Harry Potter issue wand, because this is per, you know, where the argument came from between Star Wars and Harry Potter. Because we'll, mm-hmm. like, usually around the holidays, we'll run just a marathon of either or. Well, they're so different. I don't even see them as being comparable, but I love both of them. They're very different, but just one day we were talking about it, and she said that she would like to have a wand. I said, having a wand's fucking stupid. Uh, it'd be better to have the forest. And she's like, well, you know, with my wand, I could do all this. And I said, I'll take your fucking wand with my force powers, you know, <laughs> and sh- shove it up your ass, and then I'll make nice. you do something. You know, it's it's funny, so it's kind of a longstanding thing. We always talk about it, what would be better. 
you having a date night tonight? I had a date night this evening. Man, we spent the weekend putting together a gazebo, and uh, we've been... The closet for the backyard. Dude, we have a lot of yard to deal with, and we really haven't got to sit down and enjoy it. So we finally um, kind of invested. Uh, We're going to put up like a mist system. Man, you're in the south. You know what the hell I'm talking about. It's fitting to get hot as shit. And, uh, you know, I got a little baby. I got a a one-and-a-half-year-old little boy, and I want to be able to let him go outside and play but not, you know, roast. So we figured we would get the gazebo for some shade. We're going to get a little mist uh, system thing installed hopefully tomorrow. And uh, hopefully on these 100-degree days, we'll be able to go out there and just have, like, a little oasis. I took a TV out there. I hooked up a Chromecast to it. So, you know, I can watch Netflix or YouTube or anything. I love Chromecast. We've got those all in our home. We were talking about the Fire Stick yesterday. Have you used one of those, one of those illegal ones? I I don't know about illegal, but I've only heard bad things about the Fire Stick. See, and that's the deal. I've heard bad things about the legit Fire Stick. But then you hear about the, the holy shit, jailbroken Fire Stick that I guess watches even bootleg movies that are in the thing right now i haven't ha- i haven't come across one maybe it just hasn't made it this far you know but uh it seems to be all the rage right now for the tv what makes it so great it has every movie ever well that would be great that's what i've been told and i'm kind of like bullshit but well tonight we watched the film get out I think oh. we talked about that before. Yeah, we were we were talking about it. Now, I haven't seen it, but I know uh, kind of the premise from the trailers, and I know that Jordan no, you don't. You, it, you it's do not totally know what's coming with this. I film. really don't. I, I don't yeah. even know how to describe it. I don't even know how to classify <laughs> it as a genre. Um, I'm glad I watched it, but it was a total mindfuck. Well, we can call this spoiler alert because I really don't give a shit. Only about ten people are probably going to listen. So I mean, okay, you can tell me about alerts, the movie. Spoiler Just alert. Listen, if you um, plan on watching, I, get out. Turn the shit off right now. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll just lay it out basically. So, uh, Allison Williams, the daughter of Brian Williams, you know the newscast liar. Brian guy. Williams, yeah, yeah. She is the proverbial all-American girl who's bringing home a boyfriend. The black and, guy. Yeah, and he's and he's African American. Uh, I don't know the actor that plays him. Uh, I need to look that up, I guess. So she's got a very, like, old-fashioned family. They're living on all this land. They've got a big plantation-style house. Do you know where it is, where it's at? In the south, I believe. But I I don't know if they ever say exactly where. Okay. So she goes, and he just keeps sensing that something's awry. They have an event with lots of visiting people who are all interested in him. And then... It all goes crazy when they find out that they're bidding on his body. Uh, The father is a neurosurgeon and the mother is a hypnotist. They are able to transplant the minds of old, rich, white people into black bodies. No shit. Yeah. I don't know why they have to be black. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it was supposed to be a racist theme. But they were only choosing black people. Let's let's be honest. It'd be cool to be black. Come on, Jay. That, that was kind of what they said. <laughs> It'd be cool to be black. <laughs> they said, oh, I can I can say this. I'm I'm cool with myself. I think that I'm an okay person. I think I'd be cooler if I was black. I'll you say probably it. <laughs> they, they keep mentioning that. How oh, it would be. They say it would be cool to be black. They say you know you're faster, you're stronger. Well, no, that's getting um, sick. You know, I mean, I get the the idea of that. I'm just saying in general, it'd be cool. I, you know, That's just what they say in the movie. I'm just <laughs> repeating what happens. No, I and, hear you, and, Jay. At the end of the movie, he realizes something really weird's going on. He can't even guess what it is, but he decides to get out. And then that's when his girlfriend turns on him and says, Babe, you know you can't leave. And the family just all dives on them, tries to get out, and they find out, like a big twist, big spoiler here, the servants, they had a, uh, an African-American housekeeper and groundskeeper. Right. These were the grandparents the whole time. <laughs> like her old grandparents? 
Yes, because when he's trying to drive away, he finally escapes. Like, they're about to do the surgery to put his brain into an old, blind, white man's body. Right. But he manages to escape. He runs out, and he runs over the uh, the maid, who is a black woman. Right. He stops, and he puts her in his car to get her out, too. When she wakes up, you find out that was the grandmother of the, the family. <laughs> no shit. So were they like the first round when like when they I figured guess, out how I to guess, do it? Yeah, exactly. They practiced with their own patriarchs. And then the groundskeeper was the grandfather. And Allison Williams' character, she said, go get grandpa. <laughs> uh, That's fucking up. crazy. But at the very end, you he kills her. Like he basically has to kill everybody to escape. And he's choking his girlfriend. And then you see the red and blue lights flashing, and you think, oh gosh, the cops are here, and they're just going to see him trying to kill the white woman. Right. And it turns out it's this black friend who was a TSA, and he's come to give a ride home. <laughs> so he gets, <laughs> he, he just gets to leave. But if you watch after the credits, at least in the version that we watch, there's an alternate ending. The cops get him, and he goes to jail for the rest of his life. Oh no. So that yeah. was they didn't go with that one though. That was the the they director's cut. I guess that. I, the creator said something to the effect of he thought that after Trump needed to change the ending, this racism had been addressed more so than it had in the Obama era. He right. thought that in the Obama era, he tried to pretend he lived in a post-racist world when actually it was just below the surface. Yeah, it's pretty. It it's pretty gnarly, it, man. It very much is. In fact, we, I don't know if you saw my feet, but the KKK was in my town today protesting. Does it bother you? Like, just, no, not really. There was only about five or six of them. There's really a not a lot of the, the overtly racist people. But you know the thing that bothers me, and I've spoken about this. I don't know if you get it. I'm kind of around the underbelly a little bit with my job i mean it's it is what it is i go in in shops and you know places with a bunch of greased up you know rednecks and uh i hear that word a little more than i'd care to and it usually can make me kind of not want to speak to somebody sometimes well, i've grown I'll, I'll up with that back. word yeah yeah me too and it's weird now you know being an adult and uh understanding just kind of how it works i mean i like to tell the joke the only person that i call that are people i love is my best friend and my wife <laughs> my best friend's black <laughs> well the coolest thing though is about like i said six or seven of the kkk came out to protest the equality march right. that we had here in florence alabama but 400 people showed up for the march damn so I think those are good odds. That's that's good odds. Yeah, it's it's especially in Alabama because I mean you guys, you know I think you, me, and uh, somebody from Mississippi were kind of all tied. That's for the I don't know. Louisiana's got some pretty some pretty rugged history. They do. Too. They do. <laughs> One of my main characters in the book, Atlas. Uh, you can see him on the cover. He's the African American character. Uh, he is from Mississippi. You know my uh, my brother-in-law and my wife's little brother. He's a, an aspiring filmographer. He's you know nice. he went to Louisiana Lafayette, and uh, he's kind of out doing his thing now, trying to pick up work here and there. But uh, as one of his early projects, and I've I've talked about maybe trying to get him on here. You know, it's I know he listens, so if he hears it, maybe we'll work something out. But uh, nice. he fucking had to do a sit down like as the as the photographer but uh they did an interview with david duke down uh in louisiana i don't know if you're familiar with him or not i am not um i believe he is a high-ranking member of the ku klux klan or oh wait now that does sound familiar when you put it in that context uh-huh and uh you know it was weird because he's he's a millennial he's grown up with a lot more equality preaching you know like not us i'm fucking i'm 30 so i grew up with the gamut like i've heard all of it my whole life and i've had to kind of understand now that it's not okay for some of the shit you heard as a kid and some of it you know you need to make sure and not repeat definitely or make sure that other people aren't saying that kind of shit 
Uh, let's just be honest. We were raised racist. It's bad. Rebel that's flags how we were and raised. shit like that. Like, I'm ashamed, dude. I have a... Uh, I got a Leonard Skinner shirt, and it's... The thing is, it's not even... I, I like the shirt. It's cool. It's tie-dye, and it's fuck, It's a rebel flag shirt. I don't even wear it. Like, I'm just, I'm so sick of the bullshit, you know? I see people driving around I've never around worn here. anything with a rebel flag on it, and there's a Confederate monument in my town. And it's so funny to me because the people who brandish the rebel flag or support Confederate monuments also decry the use of participation trophies. And isn't a Confederate monument just a big participation trophy? I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, That's you participated in the war, but That's you came bad. in second. And if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> Man. You should do comedy. That's that's beautiful, Jay. I, I do a little comedy. I'm I'm a member of the Wicket's Improv Troupe. We do a lot of shows locally here. Uh, check us out on Facebook.com slash It's The Wicket's. And we're about to start doing some podcast-style YouTube shows, show styles. Um, we're we're going to – we did one this week. We did like a live show at the local comic book store. And uh, next week I think we're going to try to actually record something and – edit it and make it a little nicer looking so you said you're an improv troupe are you guys doing like skits or sketches like what yeah, is that we are we do those uh monthly or twice a month over here at the local theaters or wherever we can find a gig um we'll have another one on june 29th uh check us out again facebook.com slash it's wickets kind of like line is anyway style stuff yeah no i dig it man i took drama for like three years in high school well, that was my thing. I was I had a theater scholarship when I went to college. No shit. Yeah, I, I changed to like a general communications degree, and now I'm working on finishing my master's in history because that was just kind of what I gravitated towards. But theater will always be my first love. He was a smart motherfucker, Jay Sandlin. That's what they're going to put on my tombstone, I hope. That's not bad. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> it's it's really neat to finally get to hear about because I listen to a lot of the shows in our circle, you know, but the thing is, is the circle's very big. And so I don't think we've actually crossed paths. And I was talking to Ray earlier, and I was trying to just find somebody to, you know, get something in the can, and he was like... Call up fucking Jay. He'll, he, he'd be awesome to talk to. And I said, I don't know, dude. I'm a little nervous. Jay's smart as shit. Uh. I'm always up for a show. Um, yeah, definitely. And I've been doing my own show, uh, just a cheap plug. It's not like a podcast, but I've got my, uh, a concept for a debate-type show where we debate Star Wars theories. And Ray actually designed the banner for it. Um, it's the Jedi versus Sith Symposium. And we'll have a panel of people that I moderate, and we talk about a certain topic. Um, the last one was the identity of Supreme Leader Snoke from The Force Awakens. Let's see. Supreme Leader Snoke. I've seen the movie one time, Jay. I He's enjoyed the big it. dude that's the hologram, and he looks like a deformed golem or something. He's kind of calling the shots, but you don't know much about him other than that. See, I don't seem... This is just going to be bad on me. The only one I remember was the Kylo Ren guy. That's Right, he's Kylo's master. Right, and that's... I remember what the kid looked like, but I'm having a hard time remembering what... Uh, so we're what... trying to discuss in this last episode who is Snoke. Um, next episode will be more about Kylo. We're going to talk about the Knights of Ren, which all we know really is that Kylo is the master of the Knights of Ren, and they killed the Jedi at some point before Episode 7. So they went and wrangled up all the rest of them. Exactly. We don't know much about them. Um, so we're going to talk about some theories there. Uh, I've been working with some folks from ChannelStarWars.com. Um, Really nice people, Brian Karasik and Daniel. Uh, check out channel, channel Star Wars on Twitter if you get a chance. So, uh, what you're going to we'll do something soon again. Yeah, so you guys are actually discussing things that are like. Are you discussing theories, or is it yeah, like actual, Total these are things that are um, written down yeah. and you guys are just discussing what's better or something like that? Or is this just like a fun fantasy thing where it's like. No, this is yeah, how this would be if could, this happened. Well, the, the format is that we take three minutes and the panelist presents their idea. 
and then what they feel supports that idea. Then each other panelist has about one minute to rebut what they said, you know, agree or disagree, and this is why. And we just move on down the line, and I might throw in my two cents here and there. And you're the moderator. Right. I, I kind of run the stopwatch, try to keep the show on the time limit. I'm wanting like a 12 to 15 minute runtime, but last time it was 35 minutes, so who knows what happened there. That's pretty cool. You'll have to shoot me the link. I'll check it out. I, I think I saw it. We only made but... two episodes, and sound not big great, so we're going to do that on episode 30. Um, probably the night's event topic. Going to have to make sure and get it all together for that, because people are going to want to know what the hell's going on with the the Knights of Ren. Now, what is going on with the Knights of Ren? Um, you can read the Star Wars novels and get some clues, especially the Aftermath series by Chuck Wendig um, that I, I kind of annoyed him on Twitter recently. <laughs> <laughs> Got a funny story. Chuck's a wonderful author. He's done some great things. And he was announced as the lead writer for Turok, Dinosaur Hunter comic book series coming out. Do you remember Turok? Yes, sir. All right, I love Turok. Played it, yeah. Good game. Me too. Me too. N64, all about the yep. Turok games. So th- there was a comic book series, and when they announced that they were bringing it back and Chuck was the writer, I just made a tweet that said, whoa, this is exciting. Chuck is a great choice. I sure wish I was helping it with it. And people started tweeting, uh, Jay Sadlin should help with the Turok series. I didn't realize that it, it, I, it kind of annoyed Chuck because he was tagged in the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> so he started getting pinged, just ding, ding, ding. He's like, motherfucker. <laughs> well, put it that way, but yes, he said, I don't know who Jay Sandlin is, but I'm the right to run. I, I'm inspired to do it, and I'm not in charge of my writers. And I was like, okay, sorry about that. I just posted that. I was excited about that. I really enjoyed this video. Hey, now he's <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, you don't want to uh, annoy <laughs> your fucking your uh, people. You're trying to, you know, and because you were just messing around too. That's the thing. Like I wasn't even messing around. I was just saying I was excited about the series <laughs> and that I would like to be a part of because I've got I love to rock. Um, I have some ideas for like some of the species that they have in the Turok stories, the Perlin in particular. Do you remember those things? The big green Buddhist guys, kind of like the Hulk? Maybe they were like... like You fought them in the Seeds of Evil game, which was the second one. They had their whole little... See, game. I don't think I played much of that one. I only remember the first one, and that was mostly oh, dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, Seeds of Evil had the Goldeneye effect. You know, they, they released James Bond Goldeneye. Yes. And everybody loved that you were trying to accomplish goals and missions more so than just find the key and shoot enemies, which was the standard first-person shooters ever since Doom. Right. So they made Turok 2 or like GoldenEye. In my opinion, it was the superior title. No shit. I, I never played it. Uh, well, I, I, I know I fantasy, played the first one. So and... that was what appealed to me, was the fantasy. See, I'm not even big on first-person shooters now. I think I just kind of retired it with, you know, um, GoldenEye especially was kind of the, the, the first time that I experienced with, like, first-person shooter-style games. And uh, even now, I'm better at those than I am with, you know, Xbox or, or PlayStation first-person shooter games. I really don't play a lot of them. I, I don't play video games at all anymore. I bailed... Uh, probably after the Nintendo Wii was the last console I bought. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, the original Xbox, I loved that because I played Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic constantly. That wasn't um, bad. It was amazing. But then back on the N64, that's probably my favorite console. Uh, Star Fox, Mario 64, mm. Legend of Zelda. WWE have No it. Mercy was on the Nintendo 64. It's probably the and best my son and I play it. I'm, I'm teaching him to play video games on the N64. Oh, good call, man. We played some Mortal Kombat 3 today. Um, oh. That was easy for him because of the 2D nature of it. He can just press the buttons and move forward and backwards, and I'll let him win. 
Do you let him pick, like, I think you can be, like, Motaro and shit on those games, right? You have to unlock that particular character. You do, okay. Yeah, that was the one with Mortal Kombat Trilogy had the biggest variety in your characters. It was the biggest roster of Mortal Kombat, was it not? And it's like picking, 30 fucking people. I mean, he's people. only three, so he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> but he kept picking the worst characters. He was oh. picking... Um, like ones you don't even know about. Who's like the Cabal. worst characters on fucking Mortal Kombat? Come yeah, on now. It was like Cabal, Rain, <laughs> uh, Striker, the guy that's just like in a hat. And hey you man, don't understand I, will, he's in the game. I will fuck you up with Curtis Striker. You better watch your mouth, Jack. Oh uh, man, I was, I'm all about Scorpion. Dude, I, I love Scorpion and I love Sub-Zero. Those are my guys. Do you ever, so you like Scorpion, so are you one of those guys that get so good at throwing that fucking harpoon that people just don't want to, don't, people don't even want to play with you because you can get the rhythm and just sink them like every time? Uh, I would get the rhythm with Raiden and do his teleport from behind and bitch. then shoot you with the lightning oh, or just hit bitch. you with the upper. <laughs> his moves were very easy. You would press down, up, A, and then you would teleport. See, and then half circle A or B would be one of the lightning strikes. I had Curtis Stryker on lockdown. He was my annoying guy character, and I would throw them fucking hand grenades from oh, either yeah. side yeah, and, and just destroy I think that one of the most annoying people from that that particular game would be Cyrax or Sector the, who's the, the yellow, yellow? The uh, yellow Cyrax guy? is yellow and Cyrax had the fatality that destroyed Earth do you remember that? best fatality ever well of course but how does the game continue after that? That you've got to turn it off now, you got to reset because you just destroyed the planet. <laughs> and that one also had the babalities, the friendship. Friendship? Um, Again? Stupid endings everybody hated. But yeah, definitely Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and Raiden. Those were my guys. I would... Let's see. So, Kung Lao was one of my guys. I with would, the razor hat. With the razor hat. I got good. I will throw that shit across the screen. And I would do the run-up. He did like a Hudakan Rana where he would run up on you and like flip your ass over. Yeah, that was Sonya Blade that did all the leg scissors. Well, see, moves. she did like a handstand where she would lock her legs. Come oh, man, out. how hot is the chick that plays Sonya Blade in the original movie? You know, she's... That's um, what's her. Fuck you know who I'm talking from? about? She's on Happy Gilmore. Yeah, too. as I say, she's from Billy Madison. Not Happy. Yeah, Billy Madison. Mrs. Veronica Vaughn. Veronica Vaughn is one hot tamale. Hmm. I know from experience. But no, you don't. No, you don't. But I know I a guy that know a guy. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, like the man, first time Hall. I think I heard Sticks. Oh, really? Sticks is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about Chris Farley the other day, too, because there's like this. I've just now started to really get into comedy, like maybe the last five or six years. I've started, you know, just history of comedy and looking through stuff that was going on, because there were times in my life when I really didn't have options to to find these things. Like I didn't have the media, uh, you know, See, I love history of comedy because it's really an oral history. Right. It because could, the, the routines they do are cultural. Um, you know, you can just dismiss them as vulgar and crude. But when you listen to Eddie Murphy on Delirious or Raw or anything Richard Pryor did, you hear about life growing up in, you know, the ghetto in urban America uh, during their eras. Yeah. Well, and it's not even that. I mean, it's it's a portrait of what's going on in the world at the time, depending on who you're listening to. Oh, absolutely. And that's it, what comedy is about. It is. And see, there's people that I'm sure with you from being from the South, there, there's one in particular that I think if if I've been drawn to comedy and and really, you know, kind of focused in on it, it's been because of, and I never hear his name, but he's one of the most famous fucking, you know, country comics that I know of from my entire life. Rodney Carrington. See, I haven't, I'm not that familiar with him. I don't even like Southern comedy that much. I like to get out of my zone when it comes to the comedy. Yeah. Um, I've been loving Louis C.K. and Aziz Ansari lately. It's not bad. I um, I really enjoyed Aziz 
a few years ago, but I think I've kind of grown out of him. Do you like his show on Netflix, Master of None? I've tried the first two episodes, and I couldn't really get into it. Well, give it a chance again if you think about it. I think I, that's I all. I just got to get my mind right and then sit down and really focus in on it. I bet I'll like it. Because, you know, Portlandia. I, I finished the second season. Um, it's wonderful. I won't spoil anything about that. But it was especially wonderful with uh, topics of racism and sexual orientation. Uh Especially the Thanksgiving episode. That's all I'll say is the Thanksgiving episode made the whole season for me. Keep an eye out. For, have you um, tried Bill Burr's new show, The Cartoon? I haven't. I'll have to check that out. I've, I've watched most of the first season of that, and it seemed pretty good. Like it, you were talking about just a portrait of, you know, kind of what's going on. I believe that's like a, um, a biographical biographical representation of Bill Burr's life when he was a kid, you know, so that's kind of cool just to see kind of what they're going through and the the shit they're getting into. Nice. Well, and then Louis C.K. has a new uh, special on Netflix as well. Um, It was pretty funny, especially the parts about public school teachers. I haven't got to see. Is it brand new? Like, did they just? It is brand new. Yes, is brand new. I have to check it out. I like Louis C.K. Oh, do you watch his show on FX, Louis? I have seen a few of them, and I I do enjoy them. I just it gets better and better every season. The problem is, is Louis unfortunately isn't for all women. No, he's not. And in this house. I don't get a lot of time to myself to really sit down and watch TV, so whatever I watch has to at least be kind of copacetic for the lady viewer, and unfortunately, Louie, although he is funny, sometimes gets a little slow for my wife. It's not even I, that I she's put Louis off worked, by yeah, it. Yeah, I can see what you mean about the and, slowness occasionally, yeah. but it's definitely worth the journey. She's um, got the ADD, man, <laughs> so sometimes she Did you does. see the episode at least where Seinfeld showed up? I don't. I don't think so. I've seen the Check one. Check that one out. Just I don't know the name of it, but Jerry Seinfeld shows up and asks Louie to open for him at a benefit in the Hamptons. Yeah, and Louie shows up in like his regular t-shirt and jeans, and everybody's in tuxedos, and he just totally bombs opening for Seinfeld. And Jerry just plays such a jerk in the episode. It was it was funny. He won't even shake Louie's hand. And so then he just shits on him, I guess, when he comes he, exactly. Stage. Yeah. He says, "Wow, well, he has Louis, to. We're here to we're here to benefit heart disease, but I think the heart disease was better than Louie." <laughs> <laughs> Did you see him bomb on Kesha the other day? And now he was talk, oh. getting talked about on the internet. Was this Louie or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. What did he do? He was at a benefit or at a red carpet or some kind of shit doing an interview, right? Talking to somebody. Okay. And Kesha, the singer. She's still around? She is. And apparently she's on the up right now. Oh, okay. Does she still have the dollar sign for her S? I or think, has she grown out of that? I think so. I also it's think... It's so much easier just to type S than having to like press shift and find the dollar sign on your keyboard. That's how you know people really want the attention. Because they're like, no, uh, bitch, you're going to go through the extra effort. I'm just going to write Kesha. She can deal with it. <laughs> so... She's on the the come up right now again because she she was she partied out not too long ago and I think right. that some shit happened where she said that she was getting like raped or molested. I, she there did, was some... she accused a producer of sexual harassment. Right. Um, I don't know if it, I don't know what happened with that. Was it I, I true? Don't either. Not? I don't know, and I believe that either that story in particular, or maybe even a deeper delving into her past revealed that she, you know she had been abused more so she's kind of like and then there was a fat shaming campaign that she, she's been through and now come out on the other side so she's kind of on the up right now with society like you know how they pick you up and put you down you know I, well, with her i mean you heard her music and in my opinion you knew that she was at best a one-hit wonder a flavor of the month it was not going to be like lasting to the culture um, she got a song and, and I, called Disco Stick, Jay. Well, she had a couple of, you know, she had a run of a couple of years, and any musician is lucky if they get a second run. So we'll see if she gets one, yeah. So she's on the, the come up again, and Jerry okay. Seinfeld is doing an interview with somebody on a red carpet. 
Kesha walks up to him and tries to give him a hug. Like, oh, what's up, dude? You know, I fucking, I love you. And something goes to hug him and he holds his hand up like, no, 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 no hugs. Oh, Jerry. So, and she tries again. She's like, oh, no, I just, I just wanted to say hi, something, something. And she tries to go at him again. He takes a step back and like gives her the palm. And he's like, no, 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 I'm serious. Like, don't. I don't know. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Why is Jerry throwing shade at Kesha? He didn't know who she was. <laughs> well, just give her a hug, man. What's so the that's problem? that's the deal. Is anyway, he's standing there. He he steps off and he's like put out. Like no, I you know I appreciate it, but thanks. I'm not fucking hugging you. Like you didn't say that, but that's the message. So Kesha kind of goes, oh, okay, and walks off. And then he walks up, and he's kind of, you know how when you're put out, like if somebody, I guess, is bugging you, you walk back to a conversation like, gosh, you believe this fucking guy? You know? So he comes back in with that kind of attitude, and the, the lady doing the interview is like, hey, do you, do you know who that was? And he was like, no, just some crazy fucking lady that wanted to hug me. And she was like, no, that's Kesha. He's like, okay, whoever the fuck that is. <laughs> so he legit didn't know, but you know, the way the social media works, that right. happened. And then, yeah, I guess all of her people's was kind of like, say it ain't so Jerry Seinfeld and this whole thing. I wonder if he walked up to her then and said, hello, Kesha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, hey, I got to go check on the wife now. Um, Jay, I appreciate you, man. I know that you didn't have to, to jump on so quick, but... It's been wonderful speaking with you, brother. Oh, right, we'll do it again. You'll uh, check out my book. You can go to my Twitter at Jay Sandlin Writer. Yeah. Check the pin tweet. You can read issue zero of my book. I like to call my chapters issues. Uh, issue zero is a total free sample, and the free book down and the book download is only ninety nine cents for the ebook. And there's also a paperback edition available if you're into that. Okay. Hell yeah, man. And uh, shoot me a link for that other year. What is it? The Jedi versus Sith is Jedi versus Sith Symposium. I will send that to you right away. Sounds good, Jay. I really appreciate you, brother. You have a good evening. Yeah. Let's do it again. Yes, sir. All right. You have a good night. Yeah, man. Bye. So that was Jay Sandlin. Happy to introduce him to anybody that didn't know him already. Be sure to check him out on Twitter. Say hello. Um, his book, Outbreak Mutiny, he said 99 cents is the download. So if you're into it, buy his fucking book. Also, Jedi vs. Sith Symposium. He dropped a lot of fucking names throughout the episode, too. So, you know, obviously he's got some people. He's got some some folks out there in the world that you know he enjoys and has done artwork and different things for him so you know if you're interested in any of that check those people out and just pass the word around motherfucker just trying to make a big ass circle and everybody can be friends and all that shit so I'm going to cut this one a little short. I don't have much else to say. I appreciate Jay for coming and talk to me. And uh, hopefully the next episode is going to be really interesting. I'm working on some stuff. And we'll see what, what, uh, what shakes out. But you all have a wonderful weekend. And uh, I'll catch your ass next week here at the Po' Boys Podcast. Honest work out in the field Cornbread In my mama's kitchen Daddy's saying grace before the meal Family ties run deep in this land And I'm never very far from what I am I was born country and that's what I'll always be Like the rivers and the woodlands Wild and free I got a hundred years of down home
This country's what I love 